anxiety loves to be told that it's doing a great job and that it's right and it is do it's helping you to be successful and to get that pat on the back and all of that so it's kind of creates a nasty cycle where you get in a loop of listening to the anxiety kind of telling you that it's right and that you need to listen to it in order to do you know, your job as a mom, you know, to be the best mom, to be the best, you know, person in your job, to be the best friend, the best partner, all of these things. And you oftentimes will feel like, okay, I'm going to listen to it because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And obviously it's must be helping me in some way because it's pretty loud. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today. And before we dive into our topic, I just want you to start by giving us an intro to who you are and what you do. I am excited to be here, honored to be here. This is so fun for me. I am Dr. Kellen Rubenstein. I'm a licensed psychologist um, in the state of Florida. So I have a private practice and I see clients within all of Florida, um, primarily looking at issues of anxiety, um, perfectionism, um, and burnout. So those are my kind of main areas of focus. Um, and I also spend a lot of time on Instagram and for myself personally, and also just share all content and love talking to people in this way where it's more informal because you can only do so much in one-on-one sessions. So I'm excited to dive in. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. So our topic today is high-functioning anxiety and perfectionism. So let's just start right out of the gate. Like, what is high-functioning anxiety? Yeah, it is. It's such an interesting term because it's not actually like a clinical term that you learn as a psychologist. It's not in our diagnostic like manual. It's not a a subtype of anxiety, but it is something that is very helpful to understand because it can be missed um, oftentimes because it's kind of like a hidden anxiety. Um, And so high functioning anxiety is really just really kind of the person is experiencing normal signs of anxiety, worry, overthinking, um, kind of the physical symptoms um, such as difficulty with sleep, stomach issues, all the stuff that you would see with anxiety, but they're so able to cover it up and use it in a way many times that allows them to be successful in certain areas um, or to receive praise for certain things. And so it gets reinforced and reinforced in a way that anxiety loves. Anxiety loves to be told that it's doing a great job and that it's right. And it is do it's helping you to be successful and to get that pat on the back and all of that. So it's kind of creates a nasty cycle where you get in a loop of listening to the anxiety kind of telling you that it's right and that you need to listen to it in order to do 
you know, your job as a mom, you know, to be the best mom, to be the best, you know, person in your job, to be the best friend, the best partner, all of these things. And you oftentimes will feel like, okay, I'm going to listen to it because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And obviously it's must be helping me in some way because it's pretty loud. Um, And so it creates a, a, a cycle, but many times people wouldn't know by looking at you that you can appear. So right now I'm doing this podcast. I'm anxious. I'm totally anxious, right? This is not my comfort zone. Like put me in a therapy session in a trauma case, not anxious at all. I'm in my comfort zone. This for me though, I'm anxious and it's because it's new, it's unknown. And my anxiety is telling me to, you know, I don't know enough or whatever. And so to come up with all this information and, you know, whatnot, and I'll kind of throughout this tell, you know, talk about how to challenge that and kind of how even challenge that with preparing for this podcast, right? Of what that might look like if you listen to high functioning anxiety versus not look listening to the high functioning anxiety. Um, But we will, we'll, we'll dive into that. I'm so glad that you said that you're anxious because I think oftentimes, especially in situations where we're outside of our comfort zone, like it's totally natural to feel anxious and it makes sense that we would feel anxious. Um, So I think something that you hit on is probably something that many people can relate to is that when you struggle with high functioning anxiety, you often either may not even recognize it or know that this is something that you're dealing with or it's something that you're covering up and you know that it exists but like somehow it's just driving you and and like you said you think that it's sort of helping you so what are some just like general signs that high functioning anxiety is popping up like how can you even recognize it I think that especially with high functioning anxiety like one of the the best cues for me, I'm a thinker. And many people who are, have high function anxiety are in their heads a lot, right? We're anxious. We're in our heads. Um, one of the best cues to kind of bypass that is to look at your body, right? Mm. Look at how your body is responding. Do you have butterflies? Is your stomach a little jittery? Are you um, having like, is your, you know, are you noticing like sleep issues for more like kind of with bigger issues? Um, Is your sleep changing? Are you feeling um, stressed like in your neck or kind of in certain areas? Everyone has those certain areas that you'll start to feel it. Um, And so getting connected to your body and using your body is almost like a compass to know like, all right, there it goes. Like I feel those butterflies, which means there's some anxiety popping up Um, and kind of using that to bypass like going into the brain and trying to take out all of those thoughts that are racing through and getting lost. And then, you know, first it's just being like, okay, I'm going to bypass that whole route and and look at the body because oftentimes you'll, you'll see signs in your body. Yeah. So true. So I think, you know, I definitely struggled with a little bit of the, a little bit of this specifically to like my workplace and just my job and being in school and like, always putting this pressure on myself that like I had to do really well and and I definitely hit it and I didn't like want people to know. I just – everyone saw me as a top performer and like that I totally was functioning as a quote normal human being but like yes. I had so much anxiety. And so I'm curious. I think it can be helpful to, to sort of highlight what can it look like to other people versus – 
what might be actually going on with you because I think other people can sometimes see it and like we see these certain behaviors and we're like oh that looks familiar (laughs) yeah totally and I think that's also kind of like why personally like even like on Instagram and even in my private practice like I will I will be very upfront and open and vulnerable and share because I'm not the picture of someone like I can't appear confident and composed. And so that's, you know, like you appear like you have it together, right? Yeah. That you are totally comfortable and all of that. So by saying like, I'm anxious, you're like, oh, okay, you can be both. You can be kind of appear a certain way, but still have that. And so I'm going to kind of go back to what you were answering. But I think for me, that's why I'm, I do that is also for myself, but also to try to break down that illusion of like, just because you can like appear a certain way, that doesn't mean that your feelings are, aren't valid, mm-hmm. right? Because they are. And I don't want that for anyone to feel like just because people don't see it, it's not valid. Yeah. Um, so for high-functioning anxiety, what it might look like to others, very detail-oriented, right? You you dot your I's, you cross your T's, your emails are perfectly composed, you, um, you've got everything together, you've got your plans, your schedules, all of that. You're very detail-oriented. Um, you are someone who uh, says yes a lot. Um, you're very <laughs> loyal um, to people, pretty reliable, um, right? Um, hardworking, you're always there, you're, you, you know, very, very hardworking. You're not a slacker to others. People don't see that. Um, you can appear very outgoing um, and uh, with the detail oriented, pretty structured, right? Yeah. And pretty like um, planned and kind of have, kind of, you know, like like a weekend agenda and like all of these things um, in that sense. And, um, but on the same, on the flip side, what they don't see is just as you are detail oriented, you're also spending a lot of time in your head, over planning and overthinking, mm-hmm. right? Just as you are structured and kind of creating these agendas, you may be a little bit inflexible, um, which can be hard. Uh, just as you're loyal, you might have issues with boundaries, um, mm-hmm. saying no. Um, just as you are hardworking, it might be you have a huge fear of failure. And so yeah. kind of want to stay on that, that, that wheel. Um, and outgoing and, you know, that sign might be a sign of wanting to please others more so than yourself. Um, and so it can appear one way, um, but what's actually going on inside might be a deeper source of discomfort or desire. And not all these things are bad, right? Not all, it's not bad to want to make someone happy. Um, or to want to, um, or to have a, or be scared of failing. Like that's normal, right? Right, Who who wants to fail? Like, so it's not all these things are bad and not all of these things are associated with the flip side of this. So it's not an all or nothing situation, but if, if you're noticing patterns of this, Mm -hmm. then that's when you kind of begin to look and see. Yeah. So a little bit before we jumped on to the interview, you sort of alluded that this oh, might yeah. be something that you have um, struggled with yourself. And I know yeah. just within like your work and it seems like you have a lot going on, of course. Um, what, if you don't mind sharing, what yeah. did this look like for you personally? 
I mean, I think I still have it. I'm an anxious, I run anxious. Like I, I'm an anxious human. Um, I don't see it as a bad thing for me though, because I don't let it run my life. It does not dictate what I do. So it's, it's like an accessory that I have and I, I just kind of have it with me. Um, and it sometimes is louder than others. Um, in the past, it was incredibly loud. Um, and it, it kind of helped me to achieve really big things, um, and great success and all of that, but not really for the right reasons, right? More so from a place of anxiety than a true deep desire that like, this is what I want. And these are my values. And from that deep core place versus like anxiety is telling me that in order to please that person, I need to work 24 seven on this project. Mm -hmm. So I'll just neglect my sleep and my eating. Totally fine. Um, (laughs) It's totally fine. I'll neglect that. Um, So it was, I wasn't noticing though that it was coming from a place of anxiety, right? It was just like, I'm getting great results and, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going until you kind of realize like, this isn't fun. Like this isn't enjoyable. Like you're getting these results, you're getting these great things. You're not enjoying it. Um, leads to burnout. This is just like not a good formula. It's an endless, endless cycle. Um, but you can have anxiety. You can have those feelings. You can have those thoughts. They can be there and you don't have to listen to what they're telling you to do, mm-hmm. right? That it's telling you for this podcast, for example, that like I knew the topic and some general things that I could spend in the past three hours, you know, prepping and being like, but all the latest research, here are your stats. Like, um, did you know that X, Y, and Z said this in this report three weeks ago? And all of that, I could totally, that would be me listening to my, the anxiety of wanting to appear that I have all of this knowledge and, uh, you know, that I have to have it all put together and all done. But what I realized was through a lot of kind of having to challenge out the anxiety and not do what it's telling me, is that when I drop that, it's, um, I connect more with people and like mm. they, you're actually able to like, people listen, people connect, people hear, they don't want to hear like all this detail and knowledge and fakeness and what my anxiety wants people to hear, but more so just like raw human, whatever is there. And it's trusting that you have enough to share. Like just you as a human at this point, if if someone's asking you to be on a podcast on a topic, like let's see where it goes. Like let's just talk about it, right? I might not know everything and that's okay. Right. Like, you know, like that is yeah. totally okay. Yeah, I'm so – thank you for your honesty because I think that it's so important and I know many people will be able to relate to it and I'm so glad to hear you say that, you know, these are still things that you might struggle with but now mm-hmm. the difference is you don't allow them to dictate your behaviors and right. I think that is so important because like you, you know, I identified that I was a yes person and saying yes to every project, everything. I never wanted to let people down, but it wasn't more so for the other people. It was more so for me. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to let myself down. And I always Mm -hmm. thought, you know, I have to do this. I have to say, yes, I'm going to be the best at this. And I'm going to, you know, get that promotion. I'm going to do that thing. And like the burnout (laughs) was beyond. And yeah, it, it's funny because one of the next things that I wanted to sort of dive into and you alluded um, to it was it affecting ultimately affecting your relationships because I think 
a lot of it, you know, you do start to lose a genuine connection with people and also just to the things that you're putting your energy into because it's like you're constantly like pushing yourself but not in a healthy way. So how can it affect your relationships? Well, I think that's a huge one. I think I honestly think that being a therapist has been one of the biggest like teachers for me, because if I show up in the room, which I did as an early clinician with like this plan of like, this is what we're going to do today. And like, let me explain to you what this disorder means. And that is such a disservice. That's just creating a disconnection. And instead, what I learned was you just drop all of that. You show up as human beings, right? I went to training. I have all that knowledge. I, I can drop that information if necessary or look it up and bring it in and all of that. But at the core, beyond everything else, like focus on connection. And beyond that, everything else is you can Google. Um, right. <laughs> you know, like beyond everything else, you can Google all of that. And I think that at some point, anxiety can impair your ability to connect with someone, to be vulnerable, to be honest, because you're so in your head. You're yeah. so scared of being, you know, being seen as imperfect or being seen as, you know, oh, she doesn't have it all together or whatnot, you know? And right. so, yeah, I, you know, I think that I think being able to own that and it's a journey to be okay with that, but it is refreshing. And it's also, at least for me, it's what I admire in the people that I connect the most with is when they, it's not them telling me knowledge or information or like, did you know this specific fact? It's more so me just learning about them as a person and then being willing to connect and open up to me. Um, the biggest thing. And so I see that in relationships, it can create walls of kind of being in your head. Um, It creates like, if you're saying yes to everything, like you're, you're definitely lacking boundaries, but you're also setting yourself up to being very let down. Um, Because when people don't reciprocate in that way, it doesn't feel very good, right? When you burn out and people aren't saying like, let me take over and do all of that, just like maybe you would have done for someone else, you're very hurt. And so it kind of can set up a huge imbalance in relationships. Um, Can also lead to if anxiety is there to like needing a lot of reassurance, which isn't really a good thing in relationships of like, okay, like you're okay with everything I'm doing, right? Like everything's good. Like you're happy with me. And, you know, an hour later, oh, that was good, right? Like I didn't do anything wrong. Like you're happy. That's okay. Um, Or if someone gets frustrated with you and you're not pleasing them, that the relationship is over. No, relationships have ups and downs and twists and turns and all of that. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, over and it's getting comfortable with sometimes the unknown, which anxiety does not enjoy. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like what we always come back to is like, you know, Mm -hmm. it wanting certainty and it wanting to have things all figured out. So I'm curious because I'm I'm sitting here thinking and I'm trying to think back to, you know, when I was struggling with some of this and just thinking about like the why, like why might this become a problem? Like why might somebody struggle with high functioning anxiety? Like are there are there like some key reasons why? Oh yeah. I mean, because the rewards, right? Mm. You get reinforced. It's so um 
people, I mean, just think about school and how you're, when people, when kids are in school, like you get points off if you're not detail oriented, if you don't capitalize, if you don't put a period, if you don't dot your I, you know, and if you, if you do everything perfectly, you get a star, you get a sticker, like, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, all of this is very much reinforced from a very young age um, and can be very, you know, a- a- addicting, you know, yeah. to, I want that sticker. I want them to say that I'm really good at this. I, I want to hear all of that. That feels good. Um, and then you don't realize when it gets, when it gets too much and too far. And when, when there are no more gold stickers and you're like, right. well, where, where, well, what am I doing now? And then you just go buy yourself some gold stickers and right. give yourself them. <laughs> I love that. No, that is so interesting because I was thinking about it and I'm like, that makes sense. I mean, what you just said makes total sense. And I think as an adult, it's the same, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked in healthcare for over 15 years and it's that continuous ladder of that, mm-hmm. you know, you do this and it's going to bring you to the next step and you'll get more recognition and potentially more money and like all this shiny objects that ultimately led to me feeling like, okay, like I can't do one more thing for somebody else because I am not even who I am anymore at the core. And so I think it can be obviously hugely draining on, you know, not just your day-to-day life, but who you are as a person. And so what are the ways that you can start to challenge some of these things? Like the thoughts that creep in with high functioning anxiety, what are some ways that you can start challenging those thoughts? I think step one is like first, obviously, which seems obvious, but it's not. It's like recognizing that they're there. Like when they come up, it's like taking a flashlight and like shining it on it and seeing it. Mm -hmm. That's hugely important because oftentimes they're just operating under the surface in secret and we don't even know like, why am I feeling this way? Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to name the thought, name what is going on. Like I'm, I'm doing this because I'm afraid that they're not going to like me if I say no, you know, to that invitation or whatnot. And kind of recognizing what is coming up, what that thought is so that it's not under the surface. Um, And that might be just writing it down, jotting it down, getting it. Because once you actually see it or say it out loud, it doesn't feel as huge anymore. Um, And you're like, Oh, that's what's causing me all of this. Okay, like I can, I can, I can work with that versus the scary monster feeling in my head. Um, and also recognizing thoughts is just thoughts, right? They're just thoughts. Like they're nothing more. It's what you do with them. So you get to decide what you do with this thought and how much power you give to it. So mm-hmm. first, recognizing that you have thoughts and what they are, but also noticing that they're just thoughts. That's it. Nothing else. We have like. I think 6,000 or more a day, um, a lot of thoughts. So if we gave them all that much power, we would be completely paralyzed, mm-hmm. um, which can happen. Um, and I think also kind of these thoughts are coming with a lot of pain. And so usually discomfort. So approaching yourself with compassion, like, okay, this is hard, right? This is hard. This this kind of sucks or I'm struggling with this or this is scary. I don't like this feeling. Um, And saying like validating for yourself that this is a struggle because we don't do that. We we kind of kind of get upset with ourselves for doing, feeling this way. We don't need to. So I think being able to be like, all right, I have this thought. It doesn't feel good. I don't feel good about this. Um, It's icky. Um, And then really 
beginning to challenge the thought by what I said, like what I do, which is your action, right? Like you can follow it. You can do what it's telling you, which is like, you know what? I'm going to say yes, because I, I believe this thought wholeheartedly and I just want to let the anxiety go away. Um, and you know what? If you do that sometimes, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let yourself off the hook. Um, uh, or you can say, you know what? Today, I'm going to try saying no. I'm going to try saying no and see what happens, see how I feel. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when you start trying. So don't feel like it's going to get like immediately better. Um, but it's, it's slightly beginning to starting to challenge and to kind of take your own path and say, okay, anxiety is telling me to do this, but what do I actually want to do? And am I willing to do that? And keeping track of it, like keeping a little like a note log in your phone or something so that you can track your wins here of things that you are like doing for you that maybe anxiety told me to do this. And I did this instead because it's really powerful to see that your whole world doesn't fall apart. Because our brain tells us that our whole world is going to fall apart. Um, so I think those would be the key yeah. is just just recognize it, but take back the power. Take back the power um, in what you do. And regardless of what you do, just be nice to yourself because it is a, mm-hmm. it's a struggle either way. It's a struggle if you say yes. It's a struggle if you say no. So recognizing that it's hard. You know, it's yeah. hard. Oh, I love those. Those were so good. Like, I think those are honestly like the pillars. And I'm so glad that you said, you know, sometimes you're not going to get it right. You're not going to have the most helpful response. And it's not even like about getting it right, right? Like decisions are decisions. Sometimes we make helpful ones. Sometimes we make unhelpful ones. But like, you'll get another shot. And like self-compassion is so huge. Because I think like along with high functioning anxiety, you are oftentimes beating yourself up. Like you're oftentimes telling yourself you're not doing a good enough job. Like you did X, Y, Z last time. Like you're not doing that this time. Like why? Like, you know, you need to do better. It's just, it's like stopping to just acknowledge that you're even doing it. Like you said, with your thoughts, it's, it seems so basic and silly, but it's like, we often forget that. Like we forget, we don't, we don't notice it and we don't recognize it. And I, if, if someone's just starting, like, I honestly recommend like starting with like, once a week you try to like challenge it but like mm-hmm. most of the time it's not like don't be like okay no more I'm saying no to everything right. no more detail oriented throwing out all my planners like here we go don't don't <laughs> I don't want anyone to go come away with it like that because that would be going in the deep end which is some yeah. people are all for that um I'm all about baby steps where it's like you know what this week I'm going to try maybe challenging it one time and seeing what happens next week I might try two times and see what happens um and keeping kind of a a little thing and be like oh this is kind of fun um but also if you don't let yourself do it in huge doses it almost becomes a little exciting about like what am I going to challenge this week like what can I what ways can I look for in a challenge yeah it's so good I'm so glad that you said that because you don't like don't throw yourself into the deep end (laughs) I know for me like I was a list person I used to be and it's like semi-comical but my husband like kind of hates that I went the complete opposite way and now I'm like not a list person I'm like I don't plan I feel better when I don't plan and have lists but I used to be the list person and I'd have you know 10 things on my list and my goal was all right 
I'm not going to do the 10 things. Like the goal is not to do the 10 things. The goal today is I'm just going to do these four things and that's going to be like a big accomplishment. And that was for me super helpful because it started to break down that mentality of like, if you don't do all of the things, you didn't do a good job. It's like, well, well, instead I did those four things and I actually hit it out of the park and I don't feel like I am completely drained and not wanting to do anything that's on the list anyway. Yeah. It's so so powerful, right? And I think if you are a list person, I am a list person. I love my list. No one's ever taking my list away (laughs) from me. I literally, I'm your site. No one can see this, but like I have like I must have like oh my God. I'm a list person, okay? Um, not digital though. It has to like be all like written. But uh, I, I lost my train of thought there, but I did have an idea. Oh, I created a list when I was first challenged and I actually will still do this when I feel very overwhelmed. will be like, okay, this is my list. I'm going to challenge myself. Things I'm not going to do. Like my not do list of like, yeah. okay, what on here? Like, am I just willing to let go of? But knowing it's on a list kind of like, gives me a sense of security that like, all right, I didn't just throw it away, but I'm also giving myself permission not to do it, Um, which feels good. Oh, yeah. Which feels good. And sometimes, you know, I I will recommend to some people that are real, will struggle with perfectionism, like, you know what, put it, if you're really scared and you create this not to-do list and you kind of keep it going, put a note in your calendar because you're a list person in one month or whatever to come back and check out that list and see if there's anything burning on there. If there is, it's on that list. You can do it. Um, it's not gone, but kind of let it go once you put it on there. Yeah. I love that. It's like small, the small, small steps make the biggest impact sometimes. And yeah. it feels like it doesn't in the moment, of course, because you're like, how is this one silly little thing going to help me? But it like adds up and it immensely helps, especially over time and just helps you to have, you know, mindset shifts that are super healthy and helpful. So are there some other like mindset shifts or actions that you would recommend if somebody's struggling with perfectionism or high functioning? Yeah, I think it's a big one. Um, So when I was reflecting on it this morning, um, right before I was thinking about it, I, I was thinking, well, so I think first, I think it's so hard. I think perfectionism all, almost is part of, can be part of someone's personality in many ways. Um, and so I don't know, for some people, I don't know if you ever really overcome it. Like I, mm. at one point said I was a recovering perfectionist. I don't think I'm recovering. I don't think it's something that's ever going to like leave me. I, I don't know who, it's a part, you know, it's a part, but I don't listen to it a lot of the time. Like I'll just hear that little voice come up of like, oh, you should double check the spelling on that email before you send it. I'll be like, no, and I'll send it, um, <laughs> you know? And so instead, you know, it's kind of just noticing for that. It's yeah. so hard though. Um, I would also encourage looking at like what you asked before, like, okay, where did this perfectionism like come from? Because oftentimes it comes from a place where it's trying to do something good. It's trying to help you in some way. So without like pathologizing yourself and like shaming yourself, being like, okay, what was this trying to do for me at some point? Like in what, what, like looking at it in like a good way, like what was it trying to do for me in a positive way? And then looking at, okay, so like thinking it for that, you know, I think Marie Kondo and like her little, like her, whatever her, I don't know what she, what she calls her strategy, but you like, before you like give away something, you thank it, right? You thank mm-hmm. it for like whatever it did for you. Um, and so it's almost like, okay, I'm going to think and like recognize what it has given me. 
And then also looking at, okay, in my life now, like what's like, what's it doing for me? What's it taking away? Like what's, Mm. how is it hurting me possibly? How is it kind of like, what's the balance look like now? Is it doing as much good or is it hurting me more? Um, And for most people, if they're struggling with it, it's, it's causing a lot of issues. Um, And so just being able to look at it head on can be really empowering and informative because you don't really usually kind of open the, you know, the, the hood of perfectionism to see what's underneath it. Um, and being able to really recognize kind of like, okay, like, let me, let me look at this and see. Um, and I think just exactly what I said before, beginning to challenge it in little ways of noticing when it pops up saying, you know, hi to it, naming it, validating it. Like, I know you want to help me, but I don't really need you right now. You know, and in the beginning, it's a lot of work because you do have to recognize it, you know, consciously. It doesn't just happen. Um, but eventually with enough practice, it does become more automatic where you just get like that little feeling and you're like, nope, not going to do anything with that. Um, but in the beginning, it's a lot more effortful where you kind of have to recognize all right, perfectionism. I know that you want me to over-prepare right now and spend three hours on this. And I hear you. I know you want to help me and you think you are. It might've helped in the past, but right now I want you to sit right over there, (laughs) like (laughs) sit right in that seat. And like, you know, it's, I get it that you're here. You want to help me. I don't need you right this moment. So you sit there and I'll let you know if I need you. Um, you know, it's almost like a part of you that you don't want to beat up because it's not coming from a place of wanting to hurt you. It yeah. really isn't. I don't believe it is. and I, I, But I think it's it gets a little bit out of control um, if you don't tame it. Yeah, that's so good. I love how you said sort of, you know, kick it out of the driver's seat. And I say that a lot with anxiety is like it's okay for it to be there and be along for the ride, but it doesn't have right. to drive. Like just right. It's like putting your kid in the driver's seat. Like we would all right. be like toast. Like you can't, <laughs> right? Like I just think of it as like, I think about a lot of these things almost like my, like, like a, my four-year-old or something who is really, has good intentions, but no, you, you can't jump off the cabinet, like or jump off the, you know, like I know it seems really fun. It's exciting, but I, I, I promise you it's not. But if I, if I change my mind, I will let you know. Um, but for now, let's just, let's sit on the floor, not up there. Um, and you know, it's kind of like, it's not like the person's evil or it's an evil intention or anything right. like that. And I think it's rec- also being able to recognize and approach yourself with that because it makes it easier to work on these things if you're not constantly judging yourself, criticizing yourself mm. and approaching yourself. See, what I see a lot is people wanting to approach perf- overcoming perfectionism and high functioning anxiety with high functioning anxiety and perfectionism. And right. that's why I'm all about like, it's not going to be perfect. Like I want you to mess up. Messing up is success um, here. Yeah. And so like anxiety with this, like I, I don't want you to worry about doing it perfectly. Like yeah. don't do it perfectly. That's not the goal here. Ugh, I'm so glad you said that because I know that is a huge part of when you're working on something, especially something like perfectionism, you're like, okay, well, how can I do this the best? And when like the feelings creep in and you start to feel the overwhelm and you start to maybe reach back for old unhealthy habits, you're then like, oh my gosh, I just did that. And I knew I shouldn't have done that. And then you go down the whole like beating yourself up path and it just (laughs) goes off the rails. Yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, it's, I'm so glad, you know, you break it down into very simple, um, and helpful yeah. steps. So yeah. if somebody is struggling with high functioning anxiety, is there one thing, just one thing, and it can be obviously something that we talked about, but one thing that you'd encourage somebody to do today? Yes. I would say I would encourage not so much doing, but the message that you say to yourself. Yeah. This is hard. I'm struggling with this, right? I'm struggling with this. This is hard. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to move forward one step at a time. Um, And it's a struggle, you know, but I see it and it's okay. I would say that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, and, and that's kind of just validating and naming what's going on and giving yourself some compassion and gentleness, uh, yeah. rather than kind of like punching yourself because of it. Right. So good. I love it. So Carolyn, if people want to find and connect with you further, get some of your helpful tips that you share on yeah. Instagram, where can people find you? Yeah, I guess the easiest, you can go to my website, which is just my name, um, carolynribbenstein.com or, um, my Instagram where I'm, I'm there all day, every day. <laughs> um, I just hang out there. <laughs> um, so it is, uh, my name, Carolyn Rubenstein, PhD. So a pretty long one, but hopefully, um, there are no other ones of that and everything okay. else is taken. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll link to all of the links Aww. in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.